First things first, I just want to say I've loved being here this whole week. Um, I was unable to bring my whole family with me, but I was able to bring uh, my oldest daughter, Hannah, who's 17. I've got an incredible wife, Kristen. We're celebrating 20 years coming up this summer, August 9th. I've got to remember that. Uh, four great kids, Hannah, who's 17, Haley, who's 15, Mason, who's 14, and Braden, who's 12. So you can imagine that just being here with my 17-year-old felt like it was pretty easy. <laughs> and it was. She was a delight to be with. Uh, she'll be coming to the 11 o'clock service. She's still asleep. <laughs> it was great being here at Soul in the City, and I'm really glad to be with you this morning as well. We're in the middle this summer here at Grace of a series called Sent, Living the Mission of God. What a great series to do over the summertime, to look back at a model for what it means to be the sent church. The scriptures provide for us this model. Uh, one of the most wonderful things we can do is we can look back and see how the early church grew and built and worked its way into the whole world at that time. Uh, and so that's what we're doing this summer. You know, Luke, this, this biographer of Jesus, also gave us the book of Acts. And that's where we are drawing everything from this summer. What does it say in the book of Acts, in this story of the early church, that can be an encouragement to us, that can be uh, something that motivates us as we go out into the world today, 2,000 years later? I have to tell you that what I've seen this week so far at Grace is very encouraging. That this church uh, is a part of what it means to go out into the world and to be Jesus' hands and feet in the world. And as Mike said, you're going to hear more about that in a little bit. This mission, this task that God's brought us to is not an easy one. It's not all Two steps forward, two steps forward all the time. The passage that we heard about this morning lets us know this. And I want to recap it a little bit for us and then help us gain some insight into how it can help us today. It says that some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. So Paul and Barnabas and other disciples, we think, were in Lystra and the crowd there was receptive to their message. But in these previous places they had been, Antioch and Iconium, there were some people there that opposed them. There were some that followed, but there were some that opposed them. They followed Paul and Barnabas a long distance. A long distance to get there to persecute them. And when they got to Paul and Barnabas and these others, it doesn't say that they harassed them doesn't say they gave them a hard time for being followers of Jesus. It says they stoned Paul and they dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. We can easily read that sentence and, oh, poor Paul, he was stoned by this crowd, by these opposers. But this was a very brutal and terrible thing that they did to Paul, leaving him within an inch of death. I, we need to be reminded that this was something that probably Paul thought, my life, he probably thought my life's going to end right here in a similar way to the ending of the first martyr of the Christian faith, 
Stephen, in whom Paul participated in his death by stoning. You know, it says Paul was there watching. They dragged him outside the city thinking that he was dead. So I don't know if they didn't check for a pulse or they just saw his body there. They dragged him outside. He wasn't moving. He was unconscious. He must have been unconscious if they thought he was dead. And then it says, but after the disciples gathered around him, he got up and fled to a new city. Oh, I just misread that. Sorry about that. It says, he got up and he went back into the city. Can you imagine? Paul goes back into the very city in which he was being, which he was just stoned. And his body at this point, he, he got up. It doesn't say he got up and was fully recovered. He was badly bruised. He was badly beaten. He went back into that city. A bold move. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. So in the pattern of where they've been going, Mike showed a map last week of the different areas around this part of Galatia where they had traveled. And they've gone to these cities, and now they're, they're going back towards Jerusalem. They're going back towards where they started, and that's Derby is on the way back. So they keep going in their mission. They preach the gospel undeterred in Derby, and they want a large number of disciples. What an encouragement that is. And then it says, we would expect that it said that after they were in Derby, that they continued on their way back through the towns and cities towards Jerusalem. But their course takes an unexpected turn because it says then that they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. This is the Galatian Antioch. They, Paul and Barnabas and the other missionaries, they backtrack back towards the very cities from which those persecutors had come and stoned him. It's stunning, really, to go back into that very place where they had been so brutally treated. And it says they strengthened the disciples and encouraged them to remain true to the faith. They said to them, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church with prayer and fasting, committed them to the Lord and whom they had put their trust. We can draw out of this passage some very simple lessons, very relevant lessons for us today. And the first is this, hardships are going to come our way. If you have submitted your life to Jesus, if you have decided to follow him, this does not make you exempt from hardships. They're going to come. Paul says, we must go through many hardships. He had just experienced a very difficult hardship. By a show of hands, let's ask who's been stoned uh, in the way Paul was stoned. <laughs> I, I don't see anybody in here who's been stoned with rocks and dragged outside of a city. But that doesn't mean that hardships won't come our way. They will. You might be going through one right now. It could be a sickness. It could be an illness of a loved one. It could be the loss of a job. It could be a rejection in a relationship. It could be a time at school, the school that you're in right now that is very difficult for you. It could be loneliness in the summer. There's hardships that are going to come our way. 
You know, and even in the world today, there are followers of Jesus that are undergoing very similar persecutions to the one Paul had encountered here. But the scriptures tell us in this passage that when those hardships come our way, God's people, it says, gathered around him. When the hardships come our way, we need the body of Christ to surround us. And if we are the ones not going through the hardships, we need to be the ones that gather around those who are. I've experienced this in my own life. In the first church that I served in, I was a youth pastor. I'd only been there for several months. My wife and I were newlyweds, and we got pregnant for the first time. And about uh, six weeks after we, she was pregnant, she was experiencing some pain. Uh, we went in for a checkup with the doctor, and they discovered that she, she had something called a molar pregnancy. What this means is that uh, the pregnancy didn't go the way it should have, and it was a tumor, not a baby. So she had to have an emergency surgery to have this tumor removed. And as a 23-year-old, that was a very difficult experience to go through. But the memory that I have of that experience is the way that the church surrounded our family at that time. That people came to our house and prayed for us day after day. That they even pitched in and provided meals for us while she was recovering. A few years later, my mom was having some memory problems, was having some speech problems, and the doctors discovered something in her brain called a cavernous malformation, a part of her brain that was bleeding. They had to go in and drill a hole in her skull and take out this, this blood. And a few days later, after that very difficult surgery, she had a brain seizure. We rushed her to the hospital, and she was very close to dying. We prayed and prayed, and she has had a slow but steady recovery ever since. But that trial, the, the memory I have of that trial is not just the difficulty that she went through, but it's once again the way in which the church, the people of God, surrounded her. The prayers, the meals, the love that we experienced from people that we knew and people that my parents didn't know. God's people gather around those who are going through difficult times. So that's what we need to do today. Gather around those people that are going through that difficult time. If you know of that need, God's not waiting for the person next to you to step in and fulfill that need. The disciples gathered around Paul and then he got up. That clause, that part of that sentence is in there because that's the way it happens. It doesn't say in verse 20, he got back up and went into the city. It says, the disciples gathered around him, then he got up. When hardships happen, the people of God gather around those who are facing them. And then the people of God trust him to use that hardship to strengthen the church and spread the gospel even further, even into the places where it's the least likely place to go. The church here was encouraged through Paul's example of perseverance. 
The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they go back to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening disciples and encouraging to them, them to, main, to remain true to the faith. That's what God does through the hardship. The world is not looking just for the followers of Jesus, Christians, to go from victory to victory, from joyous moment to joyous moment, from ease to ease, proclaiming that God is good. The world is looking for followers of Jesus that can say God is good. He's bringing us through many hardships. Paul said to the church then, he didn't say we must go around many hardships. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, to fully experience God's plan for the world. In this case, for Paul, it was an unlikely place that he went to to continue God's mission, back to the same places to encourage those people that had followed, that had professed Jesus in these towns where he was revisiting. And perhaps that's what God wants you to do. Perhaps there's someone that needs that encouragement from you, that needs you to be their light, that needs you to go back and revisit them, to circle back to them, to bring the gospel to them. Who is it in your life that perhaps comes to mind right now, even as I'm speaking, that is someone that if, if you've written them off or have been tempted to write them off, it's time to circle back to them, to love them again. Is it a family member? Is it a coworker? Is it a neighbor? Is it a, a classmate or a teammate that maybe you're thinking, oh, that, that person, they just, they won't accept my invitation. God wants you through the process of your own struggles to be able to use those struggles to see them, have them see that you are continuing on in your faith to be a light to them. Hardships will happen. They will happen. The plan for the church is that the world would see that God is faithful to us and we are responsive to that faithfulness in the midst of our hardships, that we strengthen each other through them, that we encourage one another and gather around one another through those hardships, and then that as a result of the strengthening encouragement that they see in the church, that the world around us continues to see us preach the message to them. That's what Paul's model is for us today. So my question to those of you that, you know, are here at the early service and may have had a son or daughter or a niece or nephew or grandchild at Soul in the City, how are you encouraging them to keep it going? To not let Soul in the City be a week out of the year, but to be a lifestyle. And then the challenge is for you to let it be a lifestyle for you, to be God's hands and feet, to be his sent church, not just when it's easy, but when it's difficult as well. Let's pray. God, we're grateful that Paul's example to us of persevering through this hardship encourages us to know that not if, but when those times come in our lives that are difficult, that we have each other, that we have one another to gather around us for encouragement. Ultimately, Lord, that we have you who persevered through the ultimate suffering 
to bring us the ultimate hope. God, I pray that each person gathered here this morning would know whether they're in the midst of that hardship or it's a little ways down the road, that if it's here or when it comes, that they would know that they are not outside of your grasp and that you want to encourage them through it, help them to get up after it, to continue to be your people in the world today. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.